Hey, hey, hey! It's a new day, Internet, and welcome out to Peacappy Podcast. This is a Pokemon anime podcast that goes through every episode of the show from start to finish, chronicling uh, Ash Ketchum's journey through the Pokemon world and what we can learn from it were we to apply our uh, real-world logic and, honestly, just way too much time spent thinking about this. <laughs> um but it is all in good fun, and thank you for joining me today. Today we are on Advanced Generation Disaster of Disguise. Yes, our kids are still progressing through the Hoenn region on their way to May's next contest battle. And without further ado, we're going to just get right into it. So, for the people who have been wondering what Drew's been up to, or, much more likely, the people who are still kind of mad at him and want to see bad things happen to him occasionally, this is the cold open for you. We start with poor Rosalia beaten down. Drew is grinding his teeth and Tuxedo Mask is bearing down on the pair with a Dusclops. I think they're losing a Pokemon battle to this masked foe, who now cackles in victory. And is really leaning into the taunting, like, With your reputation, I thought you would have put up a better fight, etc, etc. I should say, Phantom of the Opera over here does have some unique cosplay features. So I'll describe him a little better. He's a young man with a big old cape and a top hat and a one-eyed mask shaped kind of like a Dusclops. And since that's the Pokemon he brought to battle, totally on brand. And this guy is swinging his cape in such dramatic ways that it would make both Team Rocket and Gary proud. Like, even Mewtwo, my favorite caped kitty, is looking at this going like, dang, that's style. Anyway, Dusclops shuts the battle down in a big way with Will-O-Wisp, and then with some parting barbs at Drew, disappears from the scene in a massive whirlwind with nothing but cackling in his wake. Where did this mysterious man go? So, that's what Drew's dealing with. Ash and his friends have just arrived in Verdanturf Town, where May does, in fact, have a contest. So that's going to be important later. But more important to the moment, the gang checks into the Pokemon Center and sees Drew here, petitioning Nurse Joy to help his Rosalia. He is, believe it or not, not in the mood to be condescending. He's also not entering the Pokemon contest. Rosalia's too hurt. He can't, in good conscience, put them through that when they need to heal. And this is where, like, we remember that these are all children? Because Ash runs in with the condescending barbs, like, Oh, you mean you lost? Like, dude, Ash, I know you want to get back at him for May and yourself, but, like, this is not the time. This is not the healthy behavior we want to be modeling. Anyway. Drew does not take the bait, because his Pokemon being hurt trumps him being an awful person. Thank goodness. 
Not that he's, like, super zen about this. The dark angst shadows are drawn all over his face. He leaves, and he warns the group to watch out for a masked man calling himself Phantom. Hmm. I I both love and kind of am chagrined by the fact that Drew... Drew just not being awful for five seconds is character development. Like... Oh, my boy. Please... I I know for a fact that he will do better with time, just as Gary before him and Paul, well, we'll we'll get to Paul someday. (laughs) But nonetheless, it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt sometimes to watch this and just be like, oh, my small child, like, please get to your end point quicker. But unfortunately, we were all little Mays and little Drews and little Ashes once upon a time, and none of us reached our end point any quicker than we learned the lessons that we needed to in order to do that. So I don't know where this, like, Zen attitude that I'm coming in at this with is coming from. Like, I don't know if Drew necessarily deserves it, but (laughs) again, he's not awful for five seconds, and suddenly I'm willing to give him all sorts of wide berths. I don't know. Anyway, Ash is confident that he can battle Phantom, but since this person's not around right now, there's really nothing for them to do but help May practice, using some of the techniques that they learned with Dr. Abby. As best as they can, anyway, Skitty's Blizzard needs work. It's out of control, Max is hanging on to a light post like he's a flag in the background, but practice makes perfect, just gotta keep trying. Jesse, James, and Meowth are also practicing, physically, They're going to exercise. Not their Pokemon like themselves. That, Jesse says, is the reason Ash keeps beating them. He's in shape and Team Rocket is not. And there may be something to this theory. Ash walks like Arceus knows how many miles a day and does push-ups with his Pokemon, like while Team Rocket coasts along in a balloon. I mean, just look how flexible May is when she throws her Pokeball here. Which one of them is going to win a sports contest? The only thing Team Rocket has on their side is height, and even that, it's it's only one of the three of them. So yeah, maybe they gotta, you know, do some sit-ups and get their steps in and all that. Anyway, someone else sees May practicing. A quiet-looking guy in the neighborhood, and also... <gasps> the Phantom! The masked coordinator! His purpose is only one, to battle. Ash is like, this is my jam, please, oh please, can I battle you? One thing about this, it is standard contest rules. Brock's officiating, which, like, how up are you on your contest rules, Brocky boy? I didn't realize that was something you were really proficient in. But he's also the type to study up on it for the sake of May, so, eh. Ash, though, this is not the type of battling that he's used to. Yes, he has done it a couple times before, but... Again, didn't think this was a thing he was proficient in. But all of that is secondary to the fact that Ash forgot that Dusclops is a ghost, and normal-type attacks don't work on ghost types. (laughs) Mastery is a journey. Well, by not coming in with the electricity, Pikachu ends up playing catch-up the whole battle, and it looks like this maxed phantom might actually win the match, except a car rolls up honking its horn and Masked Phantom is not pleased. He recalls Dusclops and takes off running. Which is weird. What does he care about some car? 
Where did he go? Why did he quit while he was winning? All questions we have. But before we can see about getting some answers, we've got to deal with that car that scared the Phantom off. A lady jumps out like, oh no you don't, barrels through the scene and starts tearing after the Phantom. The Phantom scratches his hand on a tree branch as he tries to make his much less showmanshipy escape, like he's losing all the cool points he built up earlier. He drops his pen, which is spotted by the lady. Luckily, the lady chasing him has a few less than graceful moments too, so when she trips, he's able to escape. Like a good kid, Ash goes up to ask if she's okay, and gets an earful about the trouble he's going to be in if he's friends with that masked coordinator. Like, she picks Ash up off the ground and starts shaking him, like, What did you do to my son, Timmy? So she's got some axes to grind. After shaking Ash down into full spiral knockout, Ash's terrified friends manage to convince her that they've never seen this phantom dude before today. They're as much victims, if anything, here as she is. With that cleared up, she drops poor Ash and lets him pass out in the dirt. And she tells us her whole story. Tearfully, the fancy, copiously ring-clad lady recounts her tale. Timmy, her only son, has been skipping school. Apparently just talking to him and asking about it hasn't been working for her, so she hired a detective to tail Timmy. Because that's a healthy parenting relationship right there. And the detective found that every time Timmy disappeared, the phantom appeared near the scene a few minutes later. Obviously this phantom must be doing something to Timmy, luring him into danger of some kind, and then releasing him unharmed to come back home perfectly fine. Again. I'm supposing that talking to her son about this isn't working out. She wants these Pokemon trainers to find Timmy, unmask the Phantom, and get to the bottom of this. Being rather rich, at least that's what her fancy jewelry would imply, she's willing to reward the kids for their work. Having been nearby, remember, exercising, Team Rocket decided to tune in and spy on this exchange because you never know when the twerps are going to do something interesting, and they decide a monetary reward for unmasking some dumb trainer is absolutely something they can do. So it's goodbye exercising muscles, hello exercising wealth, no more lifting iron, now lifting diamonds, Jesse is most into this new scheme than anybody else on the team. So the Torps follow this lady back to her opulent mansion, Team Rocket following them, unbeknownst, where she calls for her son Timmy, who is bandaging up a scratch on his hand and making notes on the Pikachu he battled today that was so tough. Or he would, except he lost his pen. I think by now, the listener has an idea of what's going on here, and the mystery of the Phantom's identity, but yeah, we'll play along for a bit longer. So Mom comes in and confronts her son, Ash and company following awkwardly behind. They all introduce themselves, and Mom presents the pen she found at the scene of the crime! Does she actually suspect the truth? Nope. She thinks the Phantom's stealing from Timmy. But now we know why just talking to her son about the issue isn't working, because she's not talking. She's just kind of yelling while her son cowers. So... There's not much communication actually happening. And then she sees the bandage on his hand. Dun dun dun. Timmy runs away rather than discuss this. And we realize just how scared his mom is. 
She's not an idiot. She knows the Phantom got a scrape in the same spot. She knows Timmy's probably the Phantom. The evidence stacks up, but she doesn't want to believe it. Timmy's scaring her, and she doesn't know what to do. And I think we've all met some parents in our lives who've reacted with the same knee-jerk fear reactions as this lady, which sometimes seem kind of stupid and only make things worse. And it seems like just talking would be the obvious choice, but for whatever reason, they don't know what to do. They just don't know what to do, and they're grasping at straws. And that's where this lady is. And I should say her name is Mrs. Grimm. I don't know why it took me this long for that info to sink in that this poor lady has a name. Anyway, despite all the evidence, Brock says it doesn't prove anything. Probably Timmy has nothing to do with this phantom guy. Sure, Brock. Ash asks her if her son has been studying to be a Pokemon coordinator since, you know, phantom was pretty good. And we hit another trigger reflex. The woman lunges forward and starts shaking Ash, like, of course not! He's gonna take over her company someday, not waste time with Pokemon. She doesn't want to hear anything about how Pokemon might help Timmy learn things for his eventual destiny of running a company, or in fact, anything, but who that masked phantom is. That's what she's paying these kids for. She leaves the room and leaves them to it. So the consensus among the kids is that they are on Timmy's side. A hundred percent. Like, poor him. Whatever is going on, poor Timmy. And Timmy's dad agrees. He kind of appears out of nowhere, but he can also help the kids solve the mystery by producing the Phantom's Dusclops costume. What? Is he the Phantom? No. But in his younger days, he was a successful Pokemon coordinator. And this was his costume. You see, once upon a time, when Daddy Grimm didn't look so beaten down by life, he fell in love with the equally young and vibrant Lady Grimm. And when a boy and a girl love each other very much, well, along comes Timmy. Anyway, before that, Mama Grimm doesn't like Pokemon. So if they got married, she said, no Pokemon in the house. And when we say doesn't like Pokemon, we're not talking May, like, um, I don't actually want to be a trainer, this makes me a bit uncomfortable, once a tentacle made me pee my diaper. Like, May still grew up with Pokemon in her house and, and like, didn't mind them in theory. Mama Grimm sees a Torchic, like, 30 feet away and starts strangling her fiancé. So, Dad took it seriously, to the point of keeping all Pokémon, including the ones he trained, out of the house. But he's not gonna, like, release all his Pokémon and stop being himself, that's not fair. So he snuck out in the middle of the night, dressed in this costume, and entered Pokémon contests under the pseudonym The Phantom. And he had a great run. But keeping secrets in a marriage is never good, and eventually... Dad Tommy Grimm decided it wasn't worth it, so he hung up his costume and gave up coordinating for good. But baby Timmy takes after his dad like he loves Pokemon, and he found a lost Duskull one day and befriended it. Mom wasn't so thrilled, like, yeesh, the level of hate she has for Pokemon, it's like, 
Like, I personally do not like dogs. They scare me a little. And I really don't like spiders. They scare me, like, a lot. And I'll even admit, I do sometimes kill the spiders if they look too jumpy or brown recluse to trap and release. The way this lady talks about Pokemon is not like that. I don't think it's an, oh, I know that they're living creatures deserving of love, but my irrational fears are too strong. Like, she hates them. She hates them so much it makes me uncomfortable at the social commentary parallels that can be drawn here. Anyway, this crushed Timmy, knowing that he couldn't help his new friend Dusclops, couldn't interact with Pokemon at all, had to have his mom dictate his life, Timmy started to lose confidence in all aspects of his life, which is a bad warning sign, uh, in a family. Whatever we do for our family's benefits, I hope when we see signs like this that we'll stop and recognize that we might not be on the right track. Not that dad's solution is super genius, exactly. The obvious solution is to talk to mom and possibly consider a separate living situation for Timmy and or himself. See a third party like a counselor to work through some of these, uh, conflicts. But I guess it's fair to assume mom's not easy to talk to. We've learned that much this episode. So dad's solution is to give Timmy his old costume, Tell him all about how he managed to live in this house, but also live his own life. Timmy became Masked Coordinator 2.0, and things were going well, as far as training goes. But you see, Timmy can't exactly travel to do his coordinating. He has to challenge people here in town, without spending enough time with anybody to risk getting recognized and word getting back to his mom. So, a proper contest? That's a dream, and one he can only have now that his hometown is hosting one. So he wants to enter, and Dad wants this for him. So the kids agree to switch sides and help Timmy. They all head up to the kids' room with Dad. And as they enter, it hits me. Mama Grimm is open about hating Pokemon, but she'll let Pikachu in the house. Guess it's different if she can use them for something. Or is Pikachu just the exception to everything? I mean, he is super cute. Anyway, Dad tells Timmy that he doesn't have to hide anything from these strange kids. They're his friends. And Timmy's like, oh, oh, you decide that now, do you? But Ash says, want us to get you into that Pokemon contest? And Timmy's like, you're right, you're my best friends. So they hatch a plan while Mom drives around in her limo. She sees another family adopting a Poochiena, and that mom giving her daughter the speech like, but it's your responsibility to take care of it, which I imagine takes on a ton more weight in the Pokemon world. Uh, but when Mama Grimm sees this, her expression isn't one of disgust. Maybe she's got something on her mind. But mom comes home to find May and Skitty practicing. They're juggling in her driveway. Before she can tell the girl off, a whirlwind kicks up, and a voice from above challenges May to a battle? A different voice than we're used to, for this is not Timmy, but Brock in disguise, and clearly having the time of his life, by the way. May overplays the dramatics like, oh no, not the mask coordinator! Ash and Max are in on it, doing their darndest to sound like they're not reading a script. May, what's wrong? Anyway, 
Timmy and Dad come outside to see all the commotion, and Mom is shocked. She thought Timmy was the Phantom, but how could he be in two places at once? Gosh, Lois, I don't know. No superhero has ever managed to fake this before. But so far, it seems this scheme to frame someone else as the Phantom and get Mom off Timmy's trail is working. Until Team Rocket, here to expose the villain. Because you know they wouldn't stay on the bench chillin'. It's a problem, because things would look shifty if the Phantom turned out to be the kid Mom hired to find the Phantom, but Mom still wouldn't suspect a scheme if May didn't, you know, blurt out that there was a scheme. She's only ten, she's doing her best. So it is Brock, who was like, Guys, I've got a Sviper on my head, Team Rocket is trying to fish me into their balloon, please help. And Ash steps up with Pikachu, but reconsiders. How badly do you want our help, bud? How conductive do you feel today? So May steps up. She tells Skitty to use Blizzard. Team Rocket and Brock go blasting off again. By the time Brock hits the ground, his mask is in tatters. Dad and Timmy are sure the jig is up. But Ash is in a good mood. Because Team Rocket is free-falling, and Brock is nowhere near them. So that means Pikachu can thunderbolt them out of the sky like he's firing at clay pigeons. Brock thinks he still has a shot of keeping the lie up, thanks his audience and flees, basically hobbling away and tripping into the bushes. All the kids are like, oh darn, he got away again. I guess we'll never know the Phantom's true identity. Least we know it wasn't Timmy. Dad thinks there's no way she'll believe it. She saw Brock's face. But Mama Grimm is like, yup, duh, of course it's not Timmy. I'm going back to work. Speaking of work, this woman is a piece of it. But as long as she's in the dark, even if it's purposefully, then Timmy can enter the contest as the Phantom with his mum none the wiser. He's excited, and the kids are excited to help him, and Timmy and May might even get to face off in the contest. I mean, she needs a rival since Drew's not going to be entering. And believe it or not, that's where we end the episode. I know, a plot through line and a cliffhanger, it's been so long. So, tune in next time to hear whether or not Timmy can successfully sneak out of the house and pull this off. And if he can, will he be able to stop at just one contest? Hmm, 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 things to, things to ask ourselves. Anyway, that is it for the episode today on Peak Happy Podcast. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if so, tune in next time for the conclusion of this two-parter to see how May does in her contest and how Timmy does just in life. <laughs> Until next time, this has been Peek Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs>